0: and welcome to the moms and murder podcast a true crime podcast featuring myself mandy and my dear friend melissa hi melissa hi mandy
1: how are you i'm doing great this week how are you I'm good. I am better than the first time we recorded this a few days ago and our audio went to heck. So it's like a it's like it wasn't going well then. And now I have a chance to say it's great. The audio was like, you can't be so negative. I'm gonna ruin this for you guys. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so it's great. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so this is the second
0: time that we're recording this episode. Um we had recorded it the first time and then didn't realize until after the fact that something was wrong very wrong with my audio. It was like <laughs> unlistenable. We would never subject you guys to that. So we're going to re-record this episode, but at least we know now we kind of know the drill, right? We've already done it once. So maybe it will be
1: the best episode ever because we're doing it for
0: the second time. <laughs>
1: <Ooh>. <laughs> or it's going to be more disappointing because we've had a second shot at this and it's not that great. So we can go right. <laughs>
0: yeah. I can't think of too many other times that we've had to do this. I think maybe only One once time. Or twice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, only once. Yeah. So it's definitely not a common thing, but I'm always happy to
1: spend more time
0: here with you, Melissa. So this is fine Aww, with me. <laughs> that's
1: so nice. I would, I would prefer nothing else. And that's totally true. I mean, I would prefer food, but I enjoy spending time with you as well. Yeah.
0: So this episode <laughs> is, I'm just moving right along. Thank you. We, were gonna, we don't acknowledge nice words to each other. There you go. There you go. We just move right along. So this week's episode is a continuation of last week's episode. This is going to be part two of our story on the stalking of the pop star Bjork. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you might want to go ahead and do that first. Otherwise, you might be very confused during this episode. So just a quick warning, this episode we will be discussing the details of a suicide, and of course we're going to talk about this in our normal moms and murder way, but we understand that this can be upsetting content to some people, and you may not want to hear that today, so you might not want to listen to this one. So last week we started telling the story about a man named Ricardo Lopez who stalked the pop star Bjork, as I said, and planned out an attack on her. Thanks to nearly 20 hours of video recorded by Ricardo himself, we have tons of information about this story straight from the mind of the person who thought it all up. In part one, we talked about who Bjork was and how Ricardo actually became obsessed with her and decided that he wanted to kill her after learning that she was in a relationship with a black man. He was the singer Goldie. He had concocted this rather elaborate plan to send Bjork a booby trap package containing two hypodermic needles that were supposedly going to be contaminated with HIV so that he could infect the singer with the virus. After creating diagrams and prototypes of this package, Ricardo realized that it was not going to work. So he put his plan on hold while he thought of a new strategy. At the end of part one, it was March of 1996, and Ricardo's parents had recently contacted him about coming back home to Uruguay to be near his family. Ricardo didn't want to move back there, but he did agree to go for two weeks to visit. And he talks about this trip in his video diary and says that he feels guilty that his mom isn't doing well and that she wants to see him. So he said that he wanted to also see his parents and to let them know that he was doing okay and then he wanted to go back home. He talked about Bjork a little bit and said that as far as his little project was concerned, he had abandoned the idea of killing Bjork. He was once very determined to do it, but now his head was on straight, as he says, and he didn't have any desire to destroy her. He seemed to be in really good spirits in this video, and he was very excited about his trip to see his family, but he was talking and complaining about how he wasn't excited about sitting on a 12-hour flight and just having to sit in the same seat for that long. On March 15th, Ricardo flew to Uruguay and spent
1: two weeks there. He picked back up with his video recording on March 31st, and the first thing you see is his drawings, and you hear him speaking this time in Spanish. After a while, he switches back to English and says that he's back from his trip and that he had a really good time. Apparently, while he was gone, he had logged on to the Bjork fan club website It's like he starts to say something more about that, but then the video cuts off for the day and it doesn't pick back up for two more weeks when he starts recording himself again on April 18th. In the short video from that day, you just see Ricardo standing in a dark room with a lamp on, holding his hand in this weird way almost like he's grasping a ball, but there's nothing in his hand, and he kind of sways and dances around in silence for the duration of the video. He never says a word on that day's video. Months go by and Ricardo didn't record himself again on video camera, but on July 14th, he appears on video again, and this time he looks noticeably different than he did the last time he recorded himself. It's clear at this point that things have taken a turn right off the bat and that he's no longer in good spirits in the way he had been in April. He had shaved his head, it wasn't totally bald, but he you know, shaved his hair very, very short. He's wearing glasses at this point, and he even is talking about himself and saying that he's a totally different person. He says he knows it's been a while since he's recorded, but really nothing had been going on until a few days ago. Earlier that same week, Ricardo had lost his job at the pest control company because he was basically just too lazy to do the work. But it wasn't just the work that he was too lazy to do, it was really everything. He stopped drawing and writing, and all he was really doing at this point is laying around and watching TV. When his boss confronted him and asked to see the inside of his work truck, things really went downhill. We mentioned in part one that Ricardo was a self-proclaimed slob, and he even referred to himself as a pig while he was showing around how you know, filthy his apartment was. Well, apparently he had these same housekeeping skills when it came to his work truck, it was full of garbage and absolutely trashed. So his boss told him he couldn't have any more chances and he was done. And obviously that's like a reflection of the company. If he's going right. somewhere and stuff's just falling out and you're trying to get rid of pest, I, I can right. see how that would be a right. huge issue. He also said um, in that same video when I was watching it that
0: he didn't even have any chemicals in his truck whenever his boss asked him to check. So he's supposed to be driving this truck around and like you said, doing pest control. And when he got busted kind of, you know, on this day, he didn't even have any of the chemicals he needed. So I'm sure his boss was just like, what are you doing? You know?
1: Right. Wow. So at this point, of course, he has no job. So he has all this time on his hands and he can use his time to turn his focus back on Bjork, and specifically his plan to somehow hurt or kill her.
0: One thing Ricardo knew that he would need to pull off this plan was money, and of course that's going to be a problem for him now that he doesn't have a job. So he planned out multiple ways that he could actually just save money, including setting a $2 a day food spending limit for himself and canceling his cable and his phone. So most people that are in this position really would be panicking and trying to figure out how they were going to work and make an income to support themselves, but Ricardo was actually happy and he was not worried about this at all. Over the previous several months, Ricardo had realized that his plan to infect Bjork with HIV wasn't really the best idea since he himself did not have HIV and he thought that obtaining a sample of infected blood would be extremely difficult, if not impossible to do. He's probably right about that. So he completely abandoned that idea and started developing a new one. He purchased several books to help him in his quest, including books about FBI profiling, including Mindhunter, a book about evidence, a book about stalking celebrities, and a book about the Unabomber. It's like he always just wanted to be one step ahead of the authorities, or at least feel like he was, so that he could avoid getting caught and having his plan disrupted. On July 14th, Ricardo said on camera that something major was going to happen in the next couple of months, and he didn't know if he was still going to be alive come September or October. He was now back to insisting that he would need to take his own life after he sent Bjork this new package. The situation, as he put it, was that his whole previous plan was now out the window, and the new plan involved hydrochloric acid, which he hoped would spray Bjork in the face when she opens up this booby trap. Once the package was delivered, his plan was to film his own suicide by gun. He knows this is going to break his family's heart, especially his mom's, but he simply says that he doesn't care anymore. He started drinking alcohol more heavily, and he doesn't feel like he could even get another job. So it's very obvious to watch him on these tapes. You can see that he is on a downward spiral. His new plan that he had for Bjork was to use a book that was supposed to be allegedly a movie script to disguise this acid bomb. He was going to make the book look like it was sent from a movie director's assistant, and then the acid bomb would be contained within the book. So everybody's kind of seen this, I feel like, in movies or Somehow you've seen this where people will use a thick book and they will just cut out, you know, a hollowed out space in the book and use it as like a a hiding space. So you can still close the book and it looks like a book, but then you open it and it's like, surprise, there's something inside of here.
1: I feel like moms should do this with like chocolate and goodies because if I tell my kids to eat a snack, they're like going for the good stuff. But if I hide it in a book, no one's going to find that. No one, especially if it's like how to discipline your kids, they're not going to you know be searching that book for the secrets of the world.
0: Yes, I know. So funny. So inside the hollowed out part of this book, he was going to put a plastic bottle full of acid that would be pressurized so it would create an explosion of acid that would spray all over Bjork's face when she opened it. He said that a bonus effect would be that when Bjork tried to wash her face off with water, it would turn the acid into a gas and make her choke. He didn't care who opened this package. He said it could be Bjork, her son, or Goldie could open it, and it would. this would all be just fine with Ricardo. He did recognize the difficulty that he might have getting his hands on the acid and said that a backup plan was using gasoline and butane, but he said that would be more dangerous for himself, of course, to put together, and he just wasn't sure if that was really going to be a good option. He was also worried that trained dogs would be able to smell flammable liquids, but they wouldn't be able to detect the acid bomb. I don't really understand where he was going with the butane and gasoline. It's like he was trying to create a a flamethrower like device, but that would be really hard to do that to then stick in the mail and hope that it works. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't sound like a great
1: idea. Nobody drops it on the way to fly over international waters somewhere (laughs) else. There's a lot that has to
0: go right. Ricardo was sure that the only thing that could ruin his plan at this point was if his own mother showed up somehow and intervened.
1: Ricardo wasn't scared or worried about anything as far as the actual device he was going to make. All he could think about was that at the end of all of this, he would have to take his own life. And that was really the only thing that scared him. He spent a lot of time thinking about exactly where he would end it. But one thing he was pretty set on was that he needed to hear confirmation that his plan was a success and that Bjork had been injured. He was confident that even if Bjork didn't die, word about her attack would still hit the news. On July 15th, Ricardo decided to begin working on his prototype. He spent three or four hours wandering around Home Depot, looking at everything they had and figuring out what he would need to build his acid bomb. Since Ricardo is not a scientist, and it was 1996 at the time, there was no such thing as just Googling these sorts of things or watching YouTube videos. Everything he did had to be figured out through trial and error. He purchased materials that he wasn't even sure would work because he didn't know if the acid would actually eat through them. And the only way to find that out was to test it, which of course he didn't mind. He said, encountering problems is how you learn. Although this playing around with acid seems like the kind of thing you (laughs) don't wanna learn on trial and error. But in order to test his device, he had to get the main element, which was hydrochloric acid. He called around looking for a place that could sell it to him and to find the best price. In the meantime, Ricardo devised another plan to get information on Bjork's future plans and her whereabouts. He actually wrote a letter to Bjork's agent in which he pretended to be a little girl that was a fan of hers, and he asked for an autograph and a list of her European tour dates. While still pretending to be this little girl, he asked the agent to, quote, make sure Bjork kept living in London, end quote. He made sure he didn't lick the envelope so his DNA wasn't on it, and he paid his friend Ralph $20 to mail the letter. Then he got back to work on figuring out the mechanics of his acid bomb. And we're going to get right into what happens next after a quick break to hear word from this week's sponsors.
0: As hosts of A True Crime Show, we talk a lot and think a lot about safety, and if you're looking for a great way to protect your home and family, do what we did and check out Simply Safe makes it easy for you to protect your home without all the drawbacks of the traditional home security systems. With Safe, you get exactly what you and your home need, without all the extraneous stuff. Plus, you set it up yourself, so there's no need to have a technician in your home, plus setup is a breeze. You just stick and peel the stickers exactly where you need them, and you can set up your whole system in under an hour.
1: With Simply Safe, you have no contract, there's no pushy sales guys, and best of all, no hidden fees and no fine print. And you can get all of this starting at just $15 a month. My family's had Simply Safe for several years now, and there's nothing like going to bed at night knowing that my house is being completely monitored, ready to send out police, fire, or medical professionals in case of an emergency. Plus, with cameras, when we aren't home, I feel good knowing that our house is being watched over when we can't be there. And don't just take our word for it. According to U.S. News & World Report, Safe was named the best overall home security of 2020.
0: Head to SimplySafe.com moms and get a free HD camera for our listeners. That's simplysafe.com moms to make sure
1: they know that our show sent you. Has your life been a lot more trick than treat? Take a break, grab some candy, and settle in to play our favorite game, Best Fiends. Best Fiends is the best puzzle game I've ever played, hands down, end of story. And I love Best Fiends for a number of reasons, but what I really love is how easy it is to just play it and take a moment to just check out from your day-to-day life and have a brain break.
0: And it's not just us that loves to play Best Fiends. Best Fiends has over 100 million downloads and counting. Best of all, it's free to download and there are thousands of levels, plus new challenges and events are added all the time. It's impossible to get bored with Best Fiends. It's always fun to see the new themes Best Fiends has and all of the new characters you pick up along the way, all designed to help you go further in the game. With Halloween right around the corner, Best Fiends is in the Halloween spirit with spooky new levels, outfits, and challenges they have ready for you all
1: month. I'm on level 1011, and I love playing now more than ever. Best Fiends is the perfect game to play while I'm taking a break to eat my kid's Halloween candy in the closet or when I'm doing laundry and just wishing I was eating Halloween candy. I love the feeling of completing a level after strategizing and swapping some of my fiends around. It's really my little win for the day. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. And now back to the episode.
0: Before the break, we were talking about how Ricardo was looking for a place to buy hydrochloric acid and he had just sent a letter pretending to be a little girl trying to get more information about Bjork's location and where she was planning to be in the near future. By this point, it was approaching the end of July and Ricardo developed some bad habits, largely in part to letting himself go because he knew that he was going to be ending his own life in a few months. He started drinking more heavily and eating whatever he wanted, and at one point in his videos, he even comments on his own weight, and he just says, really, you know, I've been eating too much. At this point, he seemed pretty detached from reality to me. He was very much just on a mission. You could tell that he had this mindset, he had a plan, and he didn't care about anything other than executing it and working on the details for how to make it happen, On July 23rd, Ricardo finally went and picked up the hydrochloric acid and a bunch of other supplies from an art store. He told the supplier that he needed this stuff for an artistic experiment that he was going to do, and he was going to use the acid on some pieces of metal to try and create different textures. So Ricardo got home with the acid and all these other supplies, and of course he's eager to test out this acid right away. He puts on protective gear. He put on this big like coat and these long gloves and a face shield and everything, but he didn't have anything on his bottom half. It was strange and he just was walking around pantsless, like he didn't care. He was care. Winnie the pooing it. <laughs> yeah, he didn't he didn't care if that if anything below the waist was protected from acid. He just wanted to make sure he was good. From the waist up. So that's all he had on. And I said this the first time we recorded, but it was funny kind of watching this because, you know, it's 1996 and these are home videos. And I saw him with a face shield and it was like so weird because now everybody in 2020 has face shields or masks on and everything. So I was like, wait a minute. I was like, when did this happen? Like, when was this recorded? And I forgot that like that wasn't, that wasn't a normal thing thing? to see Yeah, in 1996. So it was just really, it's just a sign of the times. It was very interesting. Right. So once Ricardo was all suited up with his protective gear on, he carefully opened the bottle of acid. He decided that he was going to run his first test on a slice of Papa John's pizza. So he carefully inserted a dropper into the bottle of acid and got out a little bit, and he dripped it onto a piece of pizza. This was a very anticlimactic moment because nothing happened, at least not right away. After several minutes, Ricardo says that he hears the pizza sizzling as if the acid was eating its way through. The whole time he's doing this experiment, very scientific experiment, he has his camera pointed at the slice of pizza, and I was watching, I was on the edge of my seat waiting to see if the acid would do anything, and I don't think it did anything at all. It doesn't appear like it worked, definitely not to the level that he was hoping. So he seemed to be thinking that the hydrochloric acid would just immediately start bubbling and burning, but he tested it on several other items, and he was not happy with any of his results. So just like anyone would decide to do, he thought, well, let me just test it on myself and see how it works on skin. It did not do anything. Uh, He said he touched the acid with his bare hands and he said there was really no reaction and he didn't feel any discomfort at all. So he's thinking he just got either weak or diluted acid. So he wanted to borrow his friend's truck and go find a payphone to call some more phone numbers about buying sulfuric acid instead of hydrochloric. He said he wanted to call around and find out what the strongest stuff that he could possibly buy was. After researching sulfuric acid, Ricardo really was sure that that was the one that he needed. Effects of coming into contact with sulfuric acid include severe burns to the skin and body tissue. It can cause lung damage if inhaled. It reacts with water to create a poison gas, and it can also cause cancer. His plan for this acid was the same as what his plan for the first acid was. He was going to conceal it within a large book. And then when Bjork opened it, the container that held the acid would be triggered to burst and spray the acid towards Bjork's face. So Ricardo builds this contraption and he puts it all together and he shows it to the camera and talks about all of it on July 26th. I couldn't even begin to put into words what he made this thing out of. It's just all these little parts and pieces. And so I was joking around with my husband because I asked him to watch it. I said, can you watch this and just give me words that make right. sense that I can use, you know, to describe this. And he was like, yeah, no, I don't really know what he was doing there. <laughs> so right. it was just a bunch of pieces, you know, so I, as I said, there was a, the bottle was like a flask and then it had these tubes and everything and valves and stuff that, you know, to trigger the sprayer part to work. But it just was all these tiny little nuts and bolts and connector pieces. And they were all put together with, I don't know what, but it honestly did not look very It didn't look very convincing or legitimate.
1: It sounds like one of those, if you've ever seen those things on the internet where it's like identify one thing in this picture and it's all like pieces of something, but you can't quite tell. You're like, I think that's a bunny rabbit, but then it morphs into something else. Right. There's like a thousand (laughs) things going on. You're like, I can't actually identify one of those things.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much how it was. I couldn't tell you the name. If you said name that piece, I would be like, I have no clue what that is. It was just (laughs) a bunch of things all put together. Right. But yeah, so he was well on his way to creating this very custom device to send to Bjork. And he was very pleased with himself. I didn't think it was anything special, but he was very happy and thought that this was exactly
1: what he wanted. By the next day, Ricardo's mood changed. He received a letter sent priority mail from his parents down in Uruguay. Evidently, Ricardo's brother George had been talking to them, and he told them that Ricardo had lost his job, and now his parents were extremely worried. His mom in particular was worried that Ricardo may be planning to hurt or kill himself soon, which is one of the reasons he went down to Uruguay to visit her earlier in the year, to make her feel better about him and his life and his mental state. When Ricardo confronted his brother about talking to their parents about him, his brother told him that he cared about him and used to carry him around as a baby, but Ricardo was really angry and told his brother that he didn't need his approval or anyone's. He only needed to approve of himself, and at that moment, the only thing Ricardo cared about was his mission. He knew that at this stage, between all of the items he had purchased, as well as the videos, there was more than enough evidence to convict him of a crime already, so he only hoped that George wouldn't tell his parents anything else, like that Ricardo had a gun and was making some type of bomb in his apartment. For that reason, Ricardo felt that he didn't have much time left and would need to get his project completed soon before anyone was able to intervene. Killing Bjork was the most important thing in the world to Ricardo. He admitted that he didn't even care about his family or what they thought of him and said that his main objective was to end his own life. He planned on going to purchase a gun later that week so he would have it ready for when he needed it. Although he already owned a 45 caliber pistol, he thought that it was too intimidating for him and he wanted to be able to use something smaller. He was very sure of his decision to end his own life, but he said he did have some anxiety about it. He said that he planned on drinking alcohol when the time came to make it easier to go through with it. And obviously, this doesn't sound like somebody who really wants to do this. It sounds like somebody who feels they have to do it for whatever reason, and he's got to psych himself up into it. But it's like saying something so much until you believe it. That's kind of how I, I follow about that. In the meantime he would take breaks from building the acid bomb and use the gun he had to practice shooting himself and would point it at photos of himself so he could really just get comfortable with this idea he bought a 38 caliber taurus for 210 dollars and had to wait 72 hours before he could bring it home on the paperwork he lied and said he needed the gun for home defense at this time he has completely abandoned the quote-unquote it's not my business mentality that he had for bjork just a few months earlier Now he was back to being irrationally angry with her. He said he wanted her to suffer and that he would go down happy knowing that she was in pain. He even said that if her son was the one to open it and be sprayed with the acid, it would be quote unquote, even better. In a video from late July, when he's talking about this, he once again ponders what type of mental illnesses he may have. He says that he's not schizophrenic and that he knows all about that, but that's not what he is. He knows that he's different from the killers he's read about before because he wasn't abused and he had a really great upbringing, but he said he did have deep emotional problems. He spoke a little about why exactly he didn't want to seek help for his problems and said that he just couldn't see himself doing that because his problems were a part of his identity and he said he didn't want to change anything about himself.
0: One thing Ricardo talks about a lot is this idea of an impending Armageddon, which is something that he, of course, heard in his childhood when he was being raised as a Jehovah's Witness. So he uses this belief as a justification for why killing Bjork would be worth it to him. I found it very hard to follow his thought process most of the time, especially when he was talking about his religious upbringing and the parts of it that he still you know, carried with him as an adult. But it seemed like as he talked about it, I felt that he was very misinformed about what Armageddon was. But he seemed to think that it meant that if he was an innocent person in the final time, in the end days, he would have to be sitting alongside people who have been murderers and have done terrible, terrible things. And he thought that like his actual quote was that he felt he was getting gypped. And so he thought, what difference does it make if I have to, you know, endure the end times with these evil people, I might as well also
1: be Be evil. evil. So,
0: Right. (laughs) So that was his justification. Yes, exactly. And then he believed that it was going to be fine because once he was dead, he wouldn't feel any guilt because he believed dead people did not feel any guilt. So he was kind of using all these different things to justify his decision to hurt Bjork or to hurt anyone. He continued pushing on with his plan Once he had the sulfuric acid in hand, he wanted to do a test run that was similar to the way he tested the hydrochloric acid on the slice of pizza, but this time he used a piece of salami. It was immediately clear that the sulfuric acid was much, much stronger than the hydrochloric acid that he tried the first time. As soon as he put it on the salami, it started sizzling and burning, and it even turned the salami black where the acid was placed. So this made Ricardo very, very happy. He was absolutely thrilled with the results of this test. Just to make sure this wasn't a fluke, he put some of the hydrochloric acid on a piece of salami to compare the reaction. So it did nothing, just like it hadn't done anything to the pizza or to his skin when he put it on himself. But the sulfuric acid seemed to do just exactly what he was hoping it would do. On July 28th, Ricardo recorded a video where he showed more of the acid bomb and explained how it was put together. And again, I couldn't begin to explain it because I didn't understand any of what he was doing. None of it made logical sense to me. At this time, he estimated that he was about 80% done making his acid bomb, and he was really tickled with himself. He spent a lot of time patting himself on the back and saying that he thought he was becoming a pretty good engineer. Along the way, though, he continued to have doubts over whether or not the acid would actually work, so even though he had already tested the sulfuric acid on the salami, he figured he better test this one out on himself as well. It worked. He burned himself on the tongue with it, and also on his finger, and it ended up causing some discoloration on his skin. He said that it was, quote, pretty strong, but that it did take at least a full minute before it started burning, so that was a problem. Because, of course, he doesn't want Bjork to have a chance to wash this off of her face. So now he has to rework his whole plan. His new plan to hopefully make Bjork leave the acid on her face was to have a note inside of this booby trap book that said that there was an explosive inside that was going to go off in a short period of time. So in his mind, it's playing out. Bjork opens up this book. She gets sprayed in the face with acid. I guess he thinks she's going to take the time now to read a piece of paper that says this. there's a note. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so, but that's what he's thinking. And then when she reads that there's a bomb, then she's going to drop the book, run outside, you know, worry about washing whatever it is off her face later, but then it'll buy him time so that once she, you know, gets outside, I guess, then her face will be burning. It'll be, a minute will have passed.
1: On August 2nd, Ricardo began conducting trials with his device. He drew a rendition of Bjork's face on a piece of cardboard and hung it up to test the bomb on. He was going to use water in this test instead of acid. It was nearly 1 a.m. when Ricardo tested his invention for the very first time. He went up to his painting of Bjork, which really wasn't a painting at all, it's just an outline of a person with hair that's drawn on, and he holds his book contraption at about the level Bjork would hold it and activated the spraying device. A huge burst of water came flying out and splattered all over the cardboard with the drawing. Ricardo was so happy at this point that he was just at a loss for words. He just said, wow, over and over again several times, and then said that he wanted to watch it in slow motion. He said that his device worked even better than he imagined. He said it shot out 10 times the amount of liquid that he even expected. Just a few minutes later, Ricardo tested the device a second time only he added ink to the water so he was able to see exactly where and how much would actually get onto Bjork. The results were the same as the first time. All of the liquid in the bottle came flying out and splashed on the drawing. Of course, it's very disturbing to hear about somebody who is this excited about this sort of thing, but he is just thrilled to know that Bjork will be absolutely doused in acid. At one point, he even says that he is in love with this thing that he's made. The recording for that day ended and ricardo didn't record again for three more days
0: when he finally showed back up he showed the camera an appointment reminder card that said he had an appointment at henderson mental health center on august 12th which was still a week away at this point apparently he made an appointment because of this situation that unfolded between himself and his friend carlos who showed up to ricardo's apartment unannounced at some crazy hour like 5 30 in the morning. I'm not sure if we mentioned in part one, but Ricardo was actually more nocturnal and he was up all night. So most of this video footage, you can see the timestamp. It says that he's recording these videos anywhere from like 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. And he's just up as if it's a normal time of day to be up and doing anything. So his friend Carlos came over at 530 in the morning and Ricardo had a bunch of his bomb supplies and everything that he was working on really just sitting out in plain sight and Carlos actually saw a few things. So Carlos starts crying and he said how worried he was about Ricardo and at some point while they were together, Ricardo's brother George showed up and was actually upset with Ricardo. He was saying, he was alleging that he heard that Ricardo was talking about killing George and killing his family And Ricardo insists that he never said anything like that, but George started saying that he was going to get a restraining order and was going to call the FBI if Ricardo didn't move away. So they have this whole all-out brawl going on, really, between the three of them, it sounds like. So Ricardo managed to get George to calm down, but he said that it was the worst day of his life. And ever since it happened, he was worried that George was going to turn him into the authorities. So he was really stressed out and worried that his plan was maybe not going to be able to happen. He scheduled this appointment at the crisis center so he could talk to somebody and sort out his feelings. He was feeling really confused and he said that he didn't want to get therapy, but he would consider trying medication. He was planning on tricking the psychiatrist into giving him Prozac and letting him skip the therapy stuff, as he put it. He just was, he kept saying that, he was harping on that, like, I don't want to get therapy, I don't want group therapy, I don't want, you know, didn't want to talk to a counselor, didn't want to tell anyone, you know, or talk to anybody about what was going on. He was just hoping somebody would give him a medication to try. So he wanted to make the therapist think that his problems were due to a a chemical imbalance and not due to outside factors that could be, you know, fixed with therapy or helped with therapy. As we said, he still had a few days to think about how he was going to pull off this plan to just get medication. But he did say that he felt he needed the medication to be able to even complete his plan. So in the meantime, while he waits for his appointment, he just continues working on this acid bomb.
1: He decided to use an old accounting book to house the acid bomb and on August 7th and 8th, he worked to hollow out the pages and fit the bomb inside. Then he sealed the inside of the book with glue. In an earlier video, as we mentioned before, he said that his goal was to make this look like a movie script for Bjork to review. So he played around with some ideas for how to cover this book. The first thing he tried was using a cotton cover, but he thought it looked too weird and suspicious since books don't have cotton covers, so he thought about trying leather instead. There were many frustrations along the way while making this whole device. At one point, Ricardo was worried he'd ruined everything because a piece of his bomb broke and he had to rebuild it, but he was persistent and he kept at it for the next several days. For whatever reason, when August 12th rolled around and Ricardo was supposed to go to his psychiatric appointment, he wasn't able to get in. They apparently wanted him to see a counselor, which, as we said, he was completely against, so he instead had to go to see a private psychiatrist. He scheduled a new appointment for the 15th. Ricardo was still fully planning to complete his killing of Bjork and then himself, but he was excited to talk to a professional to see if he could find out what was wrong with him, even though he wasn't planning on being around much longer anyway. He talks a little about how he feels a sense of relief and security now that he has this gun because he knows that he can end things anytime he wants, but he was nervous that he might lose the courage to go through with it, so he once again talked about planning to drink alcohol to get him through this anxiety. But the fear of overtaking his own life wasn't the only thing that concerned him. He also said on August 15th that he was really losing his enthusiasm about building the bomb. Later that same day, he went to his psychiatric appointment. He took a questionnaire with over 500 questions, which he was not entirely truthful on, but he was honest about his emotional problems and said that he felt like he had some kind of neurosis. He said he didn't like people, he had trouble sleeping, he isolated himself, and that he did not have good communication skills. He left out anything, though, about feeling hopelessness or feeling guilty and feeling suicidal, and of course, he didn't mention anything about thinking of killing other people. He was prescribed a serotonin inhibitor, which he said seemed to work and made him feel a little bit more even keel. He was even able to talk to his brother about Bjork dating a black man without becoming emotional about it, which he felt like was a really big deal. George told Ricardo that he should get a new job, which of course Ricardo was very resistant to. By this time, of course, Ricardo is fully immersed in his mission. Even though he was prescribed Paxil and Clonopin, he wasn't taking either consistently and often didn't even take the Clonopin because he said it made him tired. It was obvious in the videos from the month of August, especially towards the end of August, that Ricardo was spending quite a bit of time thinking about the aftermath of all of this. He was very aware that what he was planning would devastate his family, and he claimed that he felt really badly about that, but he held firm in his decision to move forward. On August 19th, Ricardo was talking to the camera at 2 in the morning, and he said that his main objective wasn't even to kill Bjork, it was really just to kill himself. He went on to say that regardless of whether or not he sent this bomb to Bjork, his own family would be suffering in the wake of his eventual suicide, and he didn't think it was fair for his own family to suffer and for Bjork, a complete stranger, not to. So he said he was taking Bjork down on his way just because he could, because he was angry with her about her relationship choice. And we're going to get right back into what happens next after one last break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. Do you have picky eaters in your home? In my home, I have picky eaters and I am a picky eater. We eat and cook the same five things over and over again, and I always wanna add delicious variety to our meals, but quite honestly, I haven't had the slightest idea on how to get variety in there. But with HelloFresh, they take the guesswork out of it, so I know I'm making great meals for my family that they'll enjoy every time. HelloFresh takes out the stress of meal planning and grocery trips, and I can actually enjoy cooking and putting dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or even less.
0: My family and I love the variety of meals HelloFresh has. So not only is it delicious, but we're always getting to try something new. I also love that HelloFresh helps you keep your fridge stocked with extra proteins or sides that I can easily add to my weekly order. So we always have delicious food on hand and ready to eat. Whether you're a pro in the kitchen or a novice, HelloFresh has you covered. Their recipes are easy to follow with easy to follow steps as well as photos so you can feel confident while you're cooking.
1: Last week, we had teriyaki pork luau bowls with kiwi salsa. Now, did I think I'd ever eat rice with kiwi? Absolutely not. But hell, they knock every meal out of the park. So even before I had that first bite, I knew it'd be delicious. Each and every ingredient complemented each other, and it was an amazing way to change things up and get out of a dinner rut. Go to hellofresh.com slash 80momsandmurder
0: and use code 80momsandmurder to get a total of $80 off across five boxes, including free shipping on your first box. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 80MomsAndMurder and use code 80MomsAndMurder to get a total of $80 off across five boxes, including free shipping on your first box. We're starting to trade our summer wardrobe out for fall, and with that comes taking inventory of our shoes. I don't know about you, but some of the shoes I loved last year just aren't cutting it this year. But one pair I'll always hold on to is my Rothy's, and that's because my Rothy's are in amazing condition almost two years later. And they're comfortable from the minute you put them on so there's no break-in period and your shoes can go right from in the box to whatever
1: life has in store for you and Rothy's isn't just the most comfortable shoe you'll ever own they are extremely cute and so versatile you can wear them with your favorite dress jeans or yoga pants rathi has an incredible variety of colors prints and patterns and are now available in an even bigger range of styles we've had our Rothy's for almost two years now and i just ordered a second pair This time, I went with the black sneakers, and I can't wait to pair them with my favorite fall sweaters, and let's be honest, they will also look fantastic with my yoga pants.
0: Rothy's are not only comfortable and cute, but they're completely machine washable. I love that when they need a quick wash, I can throw them into my washer, and they come out just as good as new. Now they've taken this from Beyond Shoes and have machine washable, extremely stylish bags made for a life on the go. With free shipping and returns, there's no reason not to check them out today. Check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com slash moms. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash moms. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash moms today.
1: Now back to the episode.
0: Before the break, we were up to late August of 1996, and Ricardo was on this rapid downward spiral. Even though Ricardo wasn't taking his new medication as prescribed, it was still having some effects on him. He started becoming more aggressive, and he said a lot of things about how he couldn't imagine any alternative to dying. He said that his only other option was to, quote, become someone he isn't, and he didn't feel that he could live with himself that way. His mental health really seemed to be on the decline in late august and his behaviors became more and more bizarre and sometimes just downright gross there was one video where he was sitting in his living room and he pees into a cup and kind of just sets it to the side until later when he gets up and empties it out. But it was because he had so much stuff in his bathroom that he couldn't get in there to actually use it as a bathroom. And he ran out of toilet paper at some point, so he was wiping himself with his hand. So this is just the level uh, that he is at at this point. You know, he's not cleaning. he's He's not really bathing. He's just losing his sanitary habits. He's eating a lot. He's drinking a lot of alcohol. He's really just not in a good state. He spent the next several days putting the final touches on his book bomb while recording himself and talking more about the process. Uh, I did mention before that some of his videos get really repetitive and he just talks about a lot of the same topics and the same things. And a lot of the videos are just him hanging out and working on the bomb and just talking out loud. He talks through his plan often and each time he comes up with new ways to make it better. He wanted to use FedEx to ship the package because he wanted everything to be as legitimate and as least suspicious, really, as possible. His first plan was to send the package through the post office, but there were new rules about dropping off packages in postal boxes for international mailing, and now you had to go in person to mail it, and Ricardo didn't know if he wanted to do that. So he called around to several FedEx locations to find out which ones accepted cash payments because he also didn't want to have any paper trail. Of all the locations nearby, only one of them accepted cash. So, Ricardo planned to go actually there in person and try to get more information. He wanted to find out what the cost would be to mail the package. And then he was hoping that they would let him purchase the postage with a money order and then just give him like the sticker to put on the box so that he could put the box into a drop, you know, off location. Basically, what he's trying to avoid is actually interacting with this package with a worker at the FedEx, you know, so he doesn't want to go there and have them, you know, weigh it and inspect the package and all that. He just wants them to give him the postage sticker so he can send it on his own. So he was worried that the bomb could actually go off while he was at the FedEx store. And this was one of the reasons why he didn't want to take it in there because he said that would ruin his plan because then he wouldn't be able to wait for, you know, anything else, he would have to take his own life right then and there. So he didn't want to do that. So he was very close to being ready to send this bomb, but first he wanted to send a test package just to go through and see what the actual procedure really was.
1: A whole week goes by before you see Ricardo again on August 30th. He apologizes for not recording in a week, but says that he's just been feeling so lazy and hasn't done anything, including working on the bomb. He visited the psychiatrist again and got some medication samples, but at this point, he already wasn't taking his medications anymore and hadn't been for the whole week and said he really wasn't even sure why he wasn't taking them. But now he was ready to get back to work and to continue on with his project. He started writing a letter to the FBI that he could put inside of the bomb for them to find after the fact. On August 31st, he finally mailed the test package. There were just a few kinks he realized he needed to work out and consider contacting UPS about shipping the package because he realized that FedEx had too many forms for mailing anything international. In the days following the test run, Ricardo became very distracted and worked on other things, such as making a pan flute out of what appears to be PVC pipes and duct tape. It's almost as though he's just procrastinating these final stages of the plan, which makes sense because he knows what happens after his plan, you know, comes together. So he announces on this day that he had finally set a date and that he was planning to mail the real bomb on Monday, September 9th. For the next several days, Ricardo spends a lot of time watching TV, which is something he didn't do in the months leading up to this time. He's constantly distracted while he's recording his video diaries and he'll stop midway through and just start watching the TV. Much of these final hours of video are just Ricardo watching TV, working on the bomb and talking about it, and rambling about various things like wanting to have sex with the woman on TV and how he's enjoying eating his last meals. On September 5th, Ricardo found out that Bjork wasn't in London, but instead she was in Taiwan. This greatly irritated him because if she wasn't going to be at home in London when he planned to mail this package, then he would have to wait and figure out another date to send it. By September 6th, Ricardo was becoming noticeably unhinged. He ranted and raved about Bjork and said, you know, he was just going to do this thing to F her up and that he hoped her son was F'd up too. And he says that if her son was the only one that got hurt, it would be even better because it would hurt Bjork too. Wow.
0: Yeah, awful. He's really being absolutely vile in these videos towards the end, and it's kind of scary to see how much his behavior changed in such a short period of time. Before, he would kind of come across like maybe he was depressed and he was a little subdued, but he was never very, he wasn't scary to watch or to listen to, but in these later videos, he is legitimately coming across like a lunatic and he is just acting completely out of the ordinary. He's acting wild. He has a plan in place for everything that could go wrong, and his plan is pretty much just that he's willing to end his own life whenever it's necessary, or if anything kind of goes awry while he's carrying out the mailing of this bomb. The next day, September 7th, Ricardo was wrapping up the final touches. He had everything ready to go, and all that was left was to put the acid inside of the bomb. Things were nearly perfect, except for a couple of details that Ricardo said he was unhappy with. One of them was that the package smelled like paint because he painted the bomb red, and now he was getting kind of annoyed with himself that he had done that and regretted it because he felt like that drew attention. He also created a drawing that was recognizable to Bjork of a logo and put it on the package, but he was concerned that this logo looked handmade and therefore did not look legitimate and made everything look suspicious. But he didn't have a lot of time to make changes, so he just kind of had to deal with these things. Every day that passed, Ricardo was very aware that this was his last days on Earth, and this was by his own choice. On September 8th, he says that he won't be ready to send the package on the 9th, so he was going to wait until Wednesday, September the 12th. But while he waited, he kept working on final preparations. In the early morning hours of September 8th, Ricardo showed the camera how he was loading his gun for the first time and really talking about how it was time for him to actually start getting comfortable with carrying around a loaded gun. The video ends after Ricardo is seen playing with this gun and he actually puts the loaded gun in his mouth and says that he, quote, thinks he can do it. He said that putting the gun in his mouth like that didn't make him feel anything at all. He had no emotion toward it. And then that recording ends.
1: The next recording, which is also the last one begins on September 12th, 1996 at 2 52 AM. He talks about how he's run a few errands and hasn't sent the package yet, but he was about to go ahead and put the acid in the bottle and get everything ready to go. He told his friend Ralph that he was sending Bjork a package He didn't say it was a bomb, but he did say that he was, quote, sending Bjork to hell, end quote. And now he was concerned that Ralph was going to tell his brother George. Shortly before 8 a.m. on September 12th, Ricardo began assembling the package for shipment. Unfortunately, he noticed that there was a small leak, and he began to panic about it, saying that he might have to just start over. A few minutes later, a second leak appeared. The issue was that Ricardo couldn't see what was going on inside of this bomb without opening up everything and risking actually setting the bomb off on himself. So he decided to simply wrap the entire book with what looked like saran wrap and send it off anyway. I just think it's so interesting that at, at this, in these
0: final stages that he's getting ready to mail, it's like, you know, all this time he's been so meticulous and wanting everything to be perfect, wanted everything to look legitimate and professional. And now here at the end, he's like, Oh, whatever. It's leaking. I'm just going to wrap it in saran wrap. Right. It it's like, he's just given up on even trying to make this like a legitimate thing. He just doesn't care. He, at this point, it, all he cares about is getting it in the mail and sending it.
1: Yeah. Just being done with all of it. I think. So right. he told the camera that he was very, very nervous. And that if he didn't come back, then it's because something went wrong when he was trying to mail it and he had to kill himself early. He took his prescribed medication to help him cope with his anxiety on this day. At 9.36 a.m., Ricardo returned home and began recording again. He talks about his shipping experience went off mostly without a hitch and that he was a little nervous because he doubted that the package would even make it through the security screenings and make it to Bjork, but he was happy that he gave it his best effort and made it back home without being caught. He had successfully mailed the bomb to Bjork's home address in London. He said that he wasn't going to kill himself just yet, though, because his neighbors were home, but he had less than an hour of tape left, so he was planning on taking his own life at 12 p.m. that day. He seemed upset when he realized that this tape he was recording on was going to be his suicide tape. By 10 a.m., Ricardo was busy cutting his hair and shaving his head bald. This process took him nearly an hour. He finished shaving it all off at 10.54 a.m. and then moved on to painting his face with green and red paint. In an earlier video, Ricardo talked about how he planned on shaving his head and painting his face so that he could depersonalize himself and make himself look like someone else.
0: Throughout the course of the morning, Ricardo was drinking beer, and I thought that he was being pretty creepy on his camera. He was just making very weird faces and gestures and kind of just dancing around to music in the background that was not Bjork. He was listening to other music. At 12 o'clock, Ricardo started setting up where he wanted to sit when he took his own life. He talks for a few minutes about what he's going to do, and he says that he's not really nervous about it at all. Then he wrote a message to the police on the wall of his apartment and it was just like this giant, these giant letters on the wall that had literally an arrow pointing to where these stacks of tapes of footage that he had recorded were sitting and it just said that this was all documentation of a crime. He hung a hand-painted sign behind him that said, The Best of Me, which I think has something to do with Bjork. I don't know. I Googled it and tried to find out if it was a lyric or a song title. I couldn't find anything one way or the other for sure. Um, But I kind of got the impression that he chose those specific words because of Bjork. So he set that up behind him. And time continued really to pass in the day, and Ricardo said that he was just waiting for the apartment manager to leave before he completed his plan. Finally, at 2.43 in the afternoon, he said that he was ready. He was completely nude, and he took a seat on the chair that he had set in his living room, and he turned some Bjork music on the TV, He did say a few last words, but they weren't very nice and they definitely were not anything that we would want to repeat on our show. At 2.46, Ricardo turned on his favorite Bjork song and said that he felt a little nervous at this point, but he reiterated that he was not depressed and that he was of sound mind and he knew exactly what he was doing. For several minutes, he just sits there listening to Bjork songs and at one point he says, man, this weight is killing me, which I just... It's, it just goes, I feel like it's more proof that he really didn't want to go through with this. And he was just, he kept kind of delaying it. And he's like, well, I'm waiting for the apartment manager to leave. And you right. know he just kept saying that he was waiting and waiting. But shortly before 3 p.m., Ricardo did follow through on his final plan and he shot himself while the last few minutes of his tape recorded. It took four days before the authorities discovered Ricardo's body inside of his apartment. A maintenance man on the property noticed a foul odor coming from inside and called the police to come check it out. They arrived at around 7.30 a.m. on September 16th and found Ricardo's decomposing body in the living room, along with the tapes and notes that he had left behind. When police realized there was a bomb operation involved, they evacuated a full block around the apartment complex so the bomb unit could come and search for other potential bombs, but of course they didn't find anything else. As soon as officers learned that Ricardo sent a bomb to Bjork's home address, they called the Scotland Yard and informed them, and the Scotland Yard was able to intercept the bomb and detonate it in a safe location on September 17th.
1: When Bjork was told about the attempted attack on her life, she said that it left her feeling very frightened. She was deeply disturbed by the news and felt really terrible about Ricardo's death. Bjork did not make any official statements about the situation, but one source, the Mirror, said that Bjork did up her security on her son and that she actually fled to Spain with him shortly after this bomb incident. Another source claimed that Bjork had sent flowers and a card to Ricardo's parents. She was quoted as saying, quote, "'This is very, very sad for me. For someone to shoot their face off is obviously horrific, but to be honest, it makes me more frightened for my son. I just make music. People should not take me too literally.' This has left me very frightened indeed. end quote. Years later, in two thousand one, Bjork told The Guardian that when she moved to Spain right after this bomb was discovered, it wasn't just about that. She said things were happening all around her, and she didn't feel like being an extrovert anymore. She wanted to go home and to find herself again. She said when she first went to London, she had a lot to give, but she realized that she had given all she could, and if she tried to give any more, it would become, quote unquote, bad energy. She said, quote, I'm not saying that I was responsible for the letter bomb or that I saw it coming, but it didn't surprise me either because something definitely wasn't right. I am much happier now."
0: Oh, my goodness. What a story. What a story indeed. There is just a lot going on. It's really, really a terribly sad story because Ricardo was very young, and I really do wish that he would have gotten help or that his family or friends would have actually intervened because that was one thing that came up a lot was that his family and his friends were concerned about him, and they even tried checking up on him, and it's just really sad that he wasn't able to find some medication or treatments that worked for him that made him feel better because th- this didn't have to happen this way, you know? And thankfully Bjork was not injured and and she was okay. But oh my gosh, there's just a lot.
1: Yeah. And it's sad because it, the family and friends did know something was wrong and you can only offer somebody so much help and help somebody so much if they're not helping themselves. You know, he's the one that has to go to these appointments. He's the one that has to take the medication. So there's only... They're doing everything they can, everything within their power, which just makes it really sad that you know. I'm sure they, of course, you want to be able to do more and all that, but it's not always possible. Just really sad all the way around. Thank goodness that they were able to stop this bomb before it got there, because holy mess! It it made it, you know, like it it right. It was going. that first step? It was on its way, and who knows what could have happened, or just exploded on the way there. I mean, anything could have happened, so. Oh my goodness. So it's good that they acted so fast and were able to organize all of that. So man, just what a crazy story. And Mandy, you did amazing research on this. This was a mess of a story as far as all the videos and hours of stuff you watched. And you took in a lot of stuff that a lot of people would not want to see. And I appreciate you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you
0: for saying so. Yeah, this was a challenging one. This was one of the more challenging ones, I would say, but really just because a lot of the information was wrapped up in 20 hours of footage. So <laughs> it was a little hard to wade through some of that, but it was very interesting and you know I'm I'm I feel accomplished. I'm happy that we were able to tell the story. Okay, so typically we would be saying, "Hey, let's mo- turn the page and move on to last thing before we go." And we are still technically saying that. However, We, as we said in the beginning, already recorded this episode one time and we did our last thing before we go on that recording. And that is really something that we can't duplicate because we do those on the spot and kind of on the fly. So it would not be the same if we tried to do the same last thing before we go. So we are going to put the last thing before we go that we recorded from the first time we recorded onto this episode.
1: Of course, as I said,
0: (laughs) yes, as I said, the Audio is not great. And that's the reason why we did not deliver the entire episode um, with that audio. So if you don't want to listen to it, or if it hurts your ears, or for any other reason, (laughs) you just can't stand it, just go ahead and turn it off. And we will not have any hard feelings about that. So yeah, we do apologize. But it is, like I said, just really hard to duplicate last thing before we go. So that's the solution we came up with. That I is I hope everybody solution. is okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then also we're going to play the uh, promo for the new season of Case Closed. It's a podcast we have played a promo for for other seasons. And so we hope you guys stick around and check that out. And Mandy, I think we've done it. We did it so good. We did it twice. Oh, we did. And- <laughs> uh, we have done it.
0: Yes, we've done it. All right. So we will see you guys back next week. Uh, same time, same place, new story. Have a great week. Bye we're doing something completely different to truly, truly cleanse my brain of this research this week. So Melissa had the idea that we should take uh, song lyrics and remove a word and we're going to try and guess what's supposed to go in that blank. So I chose songs that Melissa most likely has never heard and... Maybe she chose ones I've never heard. Maybe not. I have listened to a lot of different music. Yeah. So maybe I will I, know have, a
1: good, I have a good – I have an okay feeling. And especially not hearing the music, I think that will help um, make it trickier for us. So do you want to start? You want me to start? You can start. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to read it dramatically too. Crossroads. Will you ever let him go? Lord, Lord. Or will you hide the dead man's ghost? Or will he lie beneath the clay? Or will his spirit float away? But I know that he won't stay without – blank <laughs> that, was
0: a, that was a long one it was
1: what if i say but i know that he won't stay a without does that help you at all <laughs> no <laughs> i don't know money without money that is one option <laughs> the other option would be melissa that is from the song melissa by the allman brothers oh <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. And I know I shouldn't. That's a problem. That's that's a me problem. That's a good song. I like the Almond Brothers. All right, Mandy, what do you got? Okay.
0: Yours was a long one. Mine is very, very... Mine are very short and to the point. Um, oh, so hopefully, my dad. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to do like a whole stanza.
1: Yeah, apparently oh, I grab oh, stanzas, but it's all right. I'll read them faster.
0: Okay, no, you're fine. My first one is... You can gain the world for the price of blank
1: coal. <laughs> I have no idea why that word came. To
0: mind. I mean, you're actually pretty close. It rhymes. Um, it's your soul, but ah, yeah, I thought coal. I was curious to see what you would come up with. What what things Melissa would think um,
1: you could gain? But the world why would the I think coal of all Cole, things? That's I know. <laughs> it's a very
0: 2020
1: it's response it's the worst thing santa even gives to you and i'm like yeah that totally <laughs> makes sense that's my big gift okay well that's a 2020 <laughs> gift for sure okay for sure mandy here we go spirit move me every time i'm near you whirling like a cyclone in my mind sweet blank angel of my lifetime go ahead what is sweet blank angel of my lifetime
0: wait i feel like i know this song
1: hold on <laughs> I don't know,
0: Melissa. It's obviously not Caroline. Which it's not. is the not. first thing I think of. when
1: I, That's the first thing I want to put there in that blank. That's right. It's Sweet Melissa. Sorry, there was another song with Melissa in it. This is by oh my Barry Manilow. <laughs> Could it be magic? Go ahead, Mandy.
0: Wait, doesn't Barry Manilow have a song named Mandy? Or is that Brandy? I don't remember. I think there's a song named Mandy, also by Barry Manilow. He must love women and their Maybe names. Maybe so. I guess. And i make songs about them. I've heard that like the other one is about a dog there or something. It might be. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. It might be. <laughs> okay. All right. So next one. All of a sudden, I realized something. The weather is amazing. Even the birds are blank. Hazing?
1: <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. Hazing. Grazing? No. I'll stick with either. Hazing, grazing. It doesn't rhyme with amazing. Dang it! <laughs> that's my only chance. Bumpin'. Bumpin'. Tell me <laughs> what that's the from. The birds
0: are bumping. That's from an Atmosphere song.
1: Okay, all right, that makes sense. Even it's
0: the a very happy are... song. It's a very old song. It's called Sunshine. It's a classic.
1: It's Atmosphere. Song. I like it. I, I mean, I can get behind those lyrics. That sounds good. All right, here's my last one. Yeah. Morning, just another day. Happy people pass my way. Looking in their eyes, I see a memory. I never realized how happy you made me. Oh, blank. Melissa. <laughs> I'm not a narcissist. It's Mandy. That was the other band. Very <laughs> 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 when you said there's a song called Mandy or Brandy, I was like, dang it. I'm I'm going to lose now. Yep. That one's Oh, Mandy. Well, he- have you listened to those lyrics? Oh, Mandy. Well, you came and you gave without taking, but I sent you away. Oh, Mandy. Well, you kissed me and stopped me from shaking. What are you doing <laughs> to this man? This is... An upsetting
0: lyric. Oh, this is the one that I thought was about a dog. But now I definitely (laughs) don't
1: think that because that does not fit. It might be. It might be.
0: Oh, boy. Well, I did not pull a third one. So we're going to end on a high note. The one that ended with man. There you
1: go. That's what I consider a high (laughs) note for this week. (laughs) Some man kissing a dog is a high note for you? Well, I guess after this episode, maybe it was. (laughs) I mean...
0: The bar is very,
1: very low right now. On June 2nd, 2009, Barbara Weaver was fatally shot in her sleep in Amish country. The question on everyone's mind is who would kill a mother of five, a devout member of the Amish community, and a loyal wife? This is Case Closed from Macmillan Podcasts, the show where the bad guy doesn't get away with it. I'm Charlie Spicer. And I'm Christy Westgard. In our third season, we're going to Apple Creek, Ohio, and to a simpler way of life. We're exploring the marriage between Barbara and Eli. What secrets lie between them? And how far would someone go to leave behind their marriage and their community? Where did my friend, love, trustworthy husband go to? He hates me to the core. Listen to Case Closed wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.